Well, good morning. Good to see you guys here today. Um, a couple of quick updates. First of all, let me give you a renovation update this morning. So uh, as we have been preparing for the renovation next door, uh, kind of ran into a snag, got a really bad appraisal on our uh, facilities here. And so, so bad that our bank actually was able to reject it. But that means we have to order a new one. You know, anything about that, uh, especially during this season uh, with COVID, everything in, in the banking world and so many people are refinancing that it is just a slow, slow process. So super boring, paperwork boring, uh, time lengthy, but uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated as things progress and uh, we'll, we, we're, we're confident things are gonna um, move forward very, very soon, but it will be a few more weeks before uh, any major construction happens as we kind of finalize some of these uh, details. And uh, also I wanna just mention next Sunday, uh, game day, just how important game day is for us. So we love to have fun at FC and uh, we think church should be fun. And uh, one of the things that we do to try to make it fun are, are, are things like game day. And so we want to encourage you to wear your favorite uh, team colors, uh, whatever team you support, go for it. Uh, we uh, promise that we're not going to ridicule you no matter what you're wearing, even if it's Florida Gator gear, it's okay. Uh, we're in the house of the Lord and uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're not gonna you know, make fun of you for that uh, as long as you don't make fun of any Tennessee fans. That's the deal. <laughs> and so um, it'll be a lot of fun though, a lot of good stuff outside. We'll have food here. Uh, but most importantly, we present a very clear gospel message. And so it's important that we invite our friends who need to hear this. This is the whole reason and point behind it. And so uh, I wanna encourage you, uh, every single one of us, I, 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 would, I would go on a limb here and I would, I would say almost every single one of us uh, came to faith in Jesus because somebody invited you to church. True or false for you? Maybe it was a parent, a friend, a neighbor, a loved one, but you eventually came to faith in Christ because someone invited you to church. So it is so important that we take this seriously. I want to challenge you to invite someone to come next Sunday for game day. If you're watching from home today, maybe next Sunday is the day that you decide to actually come back in person and bring someone uh, with you. All right, let's get into our text today. Chapter four of Ruth. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. For those of you who might be new or just to kind of recap where we have been and what we are doing, uh, the story starts out with God's people uh, rebelling against God, not following God. And as a result, he sends a famine to the land, no food, uh, no crops producing. And so a man by the name of Elimelech, he kind of takes matters into his own hands and, and he decides to move his family out of Bethlehem to an area known as Moab. He was not supposed to do that. He was supposed to stay in the promised land, but he moves his family, his wife, Naomi, his two sons. When he gets there, not long after, he dies. Tragedy strikes. Uh, not long after that, his two sons marry Moabite women, which was not a good thing either because they worship false idols. They were told not to do that and they did it anyway. Uh, not long after that, both of the sons die as well. So here's Naomi. Uh, she has no husband. Both of her sons have died. Tragedy uh, strikes. It is a very devastating blow to her life. And so she decides to move back to the presence of God, the people of God in Bethlehem. And she tells her two daughter-in-laws, listen, you go home, I got nothing for you. Uh, and, and one of the daughter-in-laws, Orpah says, you're right, I'm going back. So she goes back to her family. But Ruth, 
clung to her, the Bible says. And so when one of the most poetic and passionate, devoted verses in the entire Bible, Ruth not only commits to uh, live with Naomi and, and, and continue to be in relationship with her, she actually commits her life to serve and worship God. And so she goes to Bethlehem with her. Now, that's all chapter one. Chapter two, we learn that Boaz is a good godly businessman and it just so happened, right? The providential intersection of their life kind of meets and Boaz and Ruth meet and they begin to fall in love. And we begin to see that this might be even more than what we actually thought it was gonna be. And chapter three last week, Pastor Greg did an incredible job. So thankful for his leadership and the message last week. Um, and uh, by the way, Beard and Bible Study tonight, if you're watching in Knoxville, the Hilton Paper Mill, hope to see you there. I'm gonna be there. Uh, chapter three, Naomi gives Ruth some really questionable advice. You remember what the advice was? Like, whoa, I don't know about that. But Ruth kind of goes and, and she basically uh, shows up late at night and uh, tells Boaz, hey, I think we should get married. And uh, he basically says, I'm, okay, I, I'm, I'm down with that. And uh, I know though that I'm a redeemer, which means that when uh, in, this, in this time when a family member passes away, uh, it was a uh, family member's responsibility, the closest family member to um, make sure to take care of that widow and uh, to marry her and, and continue to have kids, if, uh, to bless and continue the family line. And, and so Boaz says, okay, I'm a redeemer, but there's one person in front of me. And he says, we're gonna have to give him a shot. If he doesn't want to redeem, then Boaz promises to redeem her. So at this point, Boaz wants Ruth and Ruth wants Boaz. They've fallen in love, but just because you want something, it doesn't mean you always get what you want because many times the reason why we don't get what we want is simply because we choose not to act. You don't always do what's necessary to be obedient to God or to accomplish a goal that you say you want to accomplish. Think about it. Think about this. How many times has God led you to do something and you didn't act on it? If you're like me, uh, there are many times uh, in my life where I, I, I kind of thought and knew or kind of had an inkling or, you know, felt the nudge to, to say something or do something. And, 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 and just for whatever reason, just, just didn't act on that prompting that, that either I felt God you know, leading me to do or that I just knew would have been the right thing to do. There, there are countless times when, when I failed in that, you know, maybe for you, you, you would say the same thing. You would say this happened to you. You wanted, you wanted to encourage somebody, but instead of encouraging them, instead of saying something, you just chickened out. You wanted to share your faith. You wanted to invite somebody to church. Instead of going forth and doing that, you just kind of got busy and neglected it. How many times have you known what to do, but you just simply procrastinated? And, and, and you've come up with all kinds of excuses why now isn't the right time. I'll start exercising when they find uh, a, a vaccine, right? That's a good excuse we like to use. Um, I'll start reading my Bible when things slow down, right? Then I'll, then I'll get onto it. I'll, I'll start inviting people to church when I have more time. Or I'll, I'll start giving when I make more money. 
So we're really good at coming up with excuses and reasons why now isn't the time to act on the thing that we know that we're supposed to do. So what if today, what if today was different? Everybody listen, everybody at home, listen. What if today we decided to take action on the one thing we know we should be doing? Maybe there are a hundred things we need to change, but what if you decided today that we were going to walk away from church and we were going to act on the one thing we know we need to do? There's a hundred things, right? We're not perfect. There's so many changes that we need to make. We can't even count them. But what if we just decided today that we were gonna do the one thing that we know we're supposed to do. It's why I love Boaz, because he's a man of action. It's why I love Ruth. She's a woman of action. They're not just sitting back, letting life happen to them. No, they're initiating, they're living, they're, they're, they're taking action in their life. Boaz is, is stepping up, he's manning up, he's putting forth the effort and the energy, and he does what he says he's going to do. So let's think about that today as we dive in to chapter four, verse one today as the, as the story continues to unfold. Let's take a look here at the scripture. It says, now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there and behold, the redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and he sat down and he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So... They sat down. (laughs) Then he said to the redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of all those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not tell me that I may know for there is no one besides you to redeem it. And I come after you. And he said, the man replied, I will redeem it. So Boaz goes to the city gate and the city gate was the place where they would do business. And he he goes to this area and it says, behold, um, this this man who uh, doesn't have a name. And so I'm just gonna call him Mr. No Name today, just for sake of reference. And uh, he goes to the city gate, it says, behold. And that was another way of saying, It just so happened that as he was sitting there, Mr. No Name walks by and he says, hey, uh, we need to chat. Come over here and have a seat. He sits down. He brings some elders, some older guys, leaders in the community come to be a part of this. They need to be witnesses. And so they all sit down and he starts to explain that Naomi, who has moved back, uh, has a parcel of land. You are the closest of kin. You have the first right to purchase that land and, and you can have it if you want. You can buy the land. And, and I'm, Mr. No Name thinks to himself, man, this is probably not a bad idea. I've got an older woman and uh, she's got land. If I take the land, I'm gonna be able to produce some crops. Whatever I make from the crops, I'll be able to take care of her. Sounds like a pretty good deal. She's not gonna live much longer. She dies, boom, it's all mine. So Mr. No Name says, I'll redeem it. It's mine. And then Boaz says, wait, There's more. (laughs) Then Boaz said, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead and his inheritance. So get married, have babies. Then the redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. 
take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Boaz says, you can have this great plot of land, right? It's gonna be amazing. But then he says, wait, there's one more thing. <laughs> now, if you're a businessman, you, you know the, there's one more thing tactic, right? You didn't know it was biblical, but there's one more thing. I get this beautiful house. It's got a great yard. It's got a great kitchen and the master bedroom and all this. And there's one more thing. There's a crack in the foundation, but it's not a big deal. Little putty, little paint, boom, it's good, right? The, the, the one more thing question came on Mr. No Name, right? And, 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 and Boaz says, if you buy the land back, you're also going to need to marry Ruth. And the man says, not gonna do it. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Look like a good investment at first glance, but now that I'm thinking through it, can't go there. Not a good investment. I mean, Naomi uh, doesn't have any sons, doesn't have any grandsons, so it's a good investment. I get the land, I'll take care of her for a little while, but she dies, I get the land. But now you're throwing in Ruth, who she's gonna get married, Right Now I gotta take care of her and her husband. They're gonna have kids. Now I gotta take care of grandkids. And then, and then eventually her grand, my, these, these children are, are actually going to take the land. So it's not gonna be mine. So at first glance, he thought it was a good investment, but now he's understanding that he's taking, ter- taking care of two women and a future family, not a good long-term investment. So Mr. No Name, I think it's safe to say, effectively has this idea of what's in it for me. He has this what's in it for me mentality when it comes to this deal. And it's the complete opposite of where Boaz is at. But for Mr. No Name, he has this what's in it for me. He's only looking at the numbers. He's not looking at the people. He's not looking at how he can help. He's only looking at how he could receive and the benefits that he is going to get. Now, business leaders, uh, what's in it for me is not necessarily a bad question in business. I think you should be asking that. But if it's the only question you're asking, you'll miss the mark. Because you also have to ask, what does God want me to do? That gets us past just the the black and white, the X's and O's, the numbers on paper, and it gets us to the heart of these are real people with real needs, right? And so how do we care? How do we lean into that as well as business leaders? I had a good godly business uh, leader and owner give me a good deal a couple of months ago. It was not a good deal for him, but he wanted to bless me, gave me a good deal, right? And, and, and I think for many of us, sometimes we get so focused in on the numbers that a lot of times we, we lose sight of how a, a, a good deal in the kingdom of God is always gonna be a good deal for you. And so when we look at the opportunities around us, if we're only concerned about getting the deal, how's it gonna benefit me? Will I enjoy it? And if we leave God entirely out of the equation, we miss the mark. Foothills family, let me just ask you a question. Are you here at FC just to get something out of this experience? Is it just the what's in it for me? No, serve me, teach me, show me, guide me, give me, let me experience all this. Or as a part of the FC family, 
Are you the kind of person who is here because your attitude is what can I give back to the kingdom of God through the family of FC, through the ministries of Foothills Church? Mr. No Name is ready to jump in when he sees what's in it for him. But when he realizes how much it's actually gonna cost him, he refuses to redeem Ruth. He doesn't display the kindness that Boaz is willing to provide. He doesn't think about people. He only cares about the money and his future financial condition. And as followers of Christ, our attitude can't be a what's in it for me. Our attitude as we come to church is, is what can I offer? What can I do? What, how can I help? How can I bless? When you are a part of the family of God that is reaching people for Christ, you are making a difference. Let's keep going here in verse seven. This gets a little weird because we're not used to the legal requirements at the time. It says, now this was the custom in the former times. This was the custom in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. So to confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and he gave it to the other. And this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. He drew off his sandal. And then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi, all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilian and Machlon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Machlon, I have bought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place, you are witnesses this day. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. All right, so uh, what are we seeing here? Boaz says, fine, you aren't willing, I am willing. If you're taking notes today, here's what I love. Boaz was willing to take action. He was willing to step up here and take action. And if you wanna make a difference in this world, you have to be willing to take action. It's not enough for you to just to say, oh yeah, I will. Or oh yeah, I, I, I want to. No, it's not enough to do that. You've gotta be, got be willing to be faithful to God today. The call that he has on your life, you've gotta be willing to take action today. You've gotta be willing to take the steps of obedience Today, you've got to use your gifts for God's kingdom. Boaz is using his gifts to bless Ruth, to bless Naomi, and he, he's caring for them by taking action. You know, the only person stopping you from taking action today and doing what God's called you to do or, 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 or you just being a faithful follower of Jesus is yourself. You know, COVID shouldn't stop you. Work doesn't have to stop you. Money doesn't have to stop you. Being busy doesn't have to stop you. The only thing stopping you from taking action is you. You're the one. It, it's on you. It's not your husband. It's not your kids. You are responsible for your life. You are responsible for taking action and doing the thing that God has called you to do. You can't control anyone else, but you can control what you do with your actions today. So here's the question. Are you willing to take action? Are you willing to take action? You see, the reality is at FC, we have some needs. 
right? We've got some needs. I wanted to share some with you today. One, one need that we have is we need more adult volunteers in kids' ministry, right? We have a lot of young families, and they have all decided to come back to FC, which is fantastic. Uh, we also have some volunteers that have decided during this COVID season that they're not coming to church. And so what that leaves is some openings. A lot of kids, not a lot of adults. Who we have and who is serving now is amazing. They're doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. But their job would be so much easier if there were more adult leaders who would say, you know what? I will mentor a kid. I will disciple a kid, right? You want to complain about America? We're going to hell in a handbasket and everything is falling apart and you watch the news and all you want to do is complain. How about you get off your keister and you disciple the next generation that's going to be running this country in the very near future? You want to make a difference? Take action. You can't change what Trump says. You can't change what Biden says or doesn't say or help him know where he's at. But you can, <laughs> but you can invest your life into the next generation. The next generation matters. And, and they're about 15 yards to your left. And this is, this is not a coloring sheet babysitting time. This is mentoring young minds to know and understand Jesus. When they're in, listen, when they're in college and even in high school, all the things that you know, college campuses are teaching and, and even you know, all, all of our public school systems, everything that, 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 that's happening there, like now is the time to prepare our kids mentally, physically, spiritually for them to be able to handle those things. If you're waiting until you're 16, 17, 18 to talk about these things, it's, it's a lot of times too late. So would you be willing to take action and change life? Um, let us know today. Go to the Connect Center and go to our website. Let us know. Scan the card in front of you. You know what else we need? We need volunteers and guest services. Did you know that last month alone, we had over 100 first-time guests? 100 first-time guests during this season is amazing. Um, so we want every single first-time guest and every person who is new to this campus who we don't know if they know Jesus or if they're, you know, if they, you know, who know who God is. Or What we want to do is provide an experience for them that they truly believe that they belong here. And that means that we need people who love Jesus, who are willing to take action, get here early, stay late, and actually use their gifts and serve to make sure that people that God is bringing to this church feel welcomed, right? That's, the, that's hospitality. It's a, it's a commandment in the Bible. We, we need more volunteers to do that. Now listen, if you are, if, if, if you're, you know, older health conditions, COVID is still real. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not displaying COVID right now, right? That, that's, that's a reality. But I am gonna talk to all the healthy people in the room and all the healthy people that are watching at home. If you're under 50 and you're healthy and you're, you know, going to work and you're, you're taking your kids and watching your kids play sports and all of our kids now are 100% full-time in school now and we're living our life and we're doing our thing and everything is normal except for the fact that you are not serving God's church, something is missing. Something's missing. And perhaps it's time to take that step of action and to get your faith back in line with where God wants you to be. Um, Boaz 
is willing to take action. The question is, are you? Here's the second thing that we see. Boaz was fully prepared. He was prepared to step in and help. He had the resources, the wisdom, and the influence to take advantage of this opportunity. Now, it's not enough to just say, yeah, I'll do it. Anyone can say yes. Are you doing the things necessary today to in order you to be equipped and have the resources to walk through the door that God is going to open for you in the future? This is critical for us. Um, It meant for Boaz that he needed to submit to a process of growth. It involved faithful living, financially being faithful. It meant that he wasn't spending more than he made and running up credit cards. He had to handle himself effectively through the famine, just like you and I have to effectively handle ourselves through the COVID season. We wanna be found faithful through the COVID season, right? And so we, we, we uh, see him fully preparing himself. See, coaches in the room, everybody wants to win a championship, right? Everybody wants to win a championship, but not everybody, not everybody coach will, will, will show up and work hard every day, will they? Everybody wants the lights, everybody wants the accolades, everybody wants the attention, but nobody wants to wake up, not everybody wants to wake up early and grind it out week in, day in, and day out. You see, when we look at Boaz, we see a man who is living faithfully and had lived faithfully Jesus says in Luke 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you're faithful today with what you have, the doors in the future can be open because you're ready for it. You might be willing today, but God won't use you because you haven't been faithful yesterday. And so you've got to discipline yourself. You've got to grow up. You've got to mature. You've got to prepare yourself. You've got to work today. You've got to to press in today. And as you are faithful in the little things, it's the preparation that God will use to bless you in the future. I love this story because in large part, it's about normal life. Think about it. There are no angels that are showing up doing miracles. There's no, you know, miraculous healing here or there. It's just normal life. It's going to the field and working in the field. It's, 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 you know, doing some, signing some documents. It's, you know, showing up uh, when you're supposed to show up. I mean, this is normal life in, in, in the life of Ruth and Boaz. Your preparation happens in the ordinary routines of life. They might feel mundane. Parts of this story are kind of mundane. I'm going to glean in the field and oh, I meet a guy and, right? Are you, are, are you doing the simple things in your life? Are you waking up on time? Are you, are you disciplined to read and study God's word? Are you good to your employees? Are you a good employee yourself? Do you meet deadlines? Do you practice your trade? Are you getting better? This is what it begins to look like when you decide that you are going to grind. You are going to submit to the process and work towards growth. We get to see the big picture in this story, right? We get to see how 
you know, Ruth and Boaz meet, they get married and they live happily ever after, but we don't see the grind. We, we get to see Boaz step up and save the day. We get to see Boaz get the property and get the girl. Who doesn't want that? I do. Get the girl, get the property. I want that. But what we didn't see is Boaz grinding it out. We didn't see him waking up early. We didn't see him staying up late. We didn't see him saving during uh, the, the years before the famine, uh, preparing himself for disaster. We didn't see him take risks on business deals. We didn't see his prayer life during the famine. We didn't see how he handled himself after the famine. We didn't see him respond when the crops didn't produce. We didn't see him struggle, but he did. No doubt about it, he did. All we see is this amazing leader step in in this moment. He gets the girl, he gets the land, but in between the getting of the girl and the buying of the land was a ton of sacrifice that had to happen. There was a ton of faithfulness and it was unnoticed in the public eye. And as a result of that work and faithfulness, God opened up the door for Boaz to walk through. He was fully prepared in that moment because he had already been living faithfully. Now listen, for all of us here today, you and I have to be willing to do the little things that no one sees to experience the big things that everyone wants. You've got to commit to the little things, the mundane, the routine. And so maybe today, the one thing that you need to do is start a new habit or maybe quit a new habit. For every single one of us, we have to ask ourselves this question. Are you properly preparing yourself? Are you properly preparing yourself? Are you putting yourself in the right place at the right time? Are you, are you disciplining your, your body? Are you disciplining your spiritual life so that you are preparing yourself for the big moment, right? And, and, and life isn't about just like, like the big moments. There, there are a handful of big moments in life, but those big moments test you and reveal who you've been and all these other little moments? Are you willing to prepare yourself? You see, you've got to make the decision that you're afraid to make today. You got to get up earlier than you want to get up. You have to give more than others are going to give to you. You have to keep fighting even when it hurts. And you've got to lead when no one is going to follow. You've got to deliver results. You've got to try even when you might fail. And you have to run fast even when you're out of breath. You and I have to keep moving even when the mountain is in front of us. Be a man. Be a woman of action. Boaz was ready. And you and I have to be ready as well. Finally, the third thing that we see here is that Boaz was doing the right thing the right way. I love this. He was doing the right thing, but he was also doing it the right way. Some of us like to tell ourselves we're doing the right thing, but we do it the wrong way. And when we do it the wrong way, it ends up hurting people, hurting ourselves, right? So it's important that not only do you do the thing that is right, but you do it in the right way. Here, Boaz is fulfilling the legal requirements of the law and he does it the right way. He doesn't just try to go around Mr. No Name. 
He's like, uh, um, he could have said, you know, Mr. No Name, he's in the way. Let's just forget about him. Let's go get married. I'll buy the land. We'll just do it kind of on the side. Nobody will know. Let's just do that. No, no, he doesn't do that. He does it the right way. He goes before Mr. No Name and he says, here are the facts, right? He wanted to marry Ruth. He wanted the land, but he did the right thing anyway. I wonder how many of us could say that we're doing the same thing. We're doing the the right thing the right way, even when it might mean that we don't get what we want. Boaz does it. He does the right thing. He meets in front of witnesses. This is all part of the legal process, right? And so the legal process of the time sounds a little weird to us, but to confirm the transaction, in other words, to sign on the dotted line meant that you drew off your sandal and you gave it to the other person. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if you get it back. You know, here's my sandal. Now I only got one. I got, what am I gonna do now? You know what I mean? Well, I don't know how that works, people, but I know it had a result. And the result was that this made it official. It sealed the deal essentially, right? And so the deal is sealed. It's good, right, to see Boaz go through this process because I think it's good for business leaders in the room. It's good for Christians in the room. You know, you're gonna do business from time to time. You're gonna buy houses. You're gonna build things. You're gonna buy things, right? And it's so critically important for all of us to know that it is good and right to follow the legal process. It is good and right to create contracts sign documents. They are there to protect you. It is good to create documents, sign documents. And when you do that, if in fact it comes back and in this situation, now you've got to make a decision. Remember, it's there to protect you. It's not there so that you can take advantage of people. So you might have the document. It might be signed. You can say, oh, well, you said and you didn't. And so I get to. But again, Let's not just make decisions on numbers. Let's make decisions on relationships and people. And so I think for each of us, it's a helpful thing to do the right thing the right way. Follow the legal process. And don't let that contract uh, manipulate you and give you a license to do other people harm. Just because you want something doesn't mean you don't have to follow the proper steps to get that. It doesn't mean that you just run and gun and do your thing right? Just because you think God wants you to do something doesn't give you a license to bulldoze your way through people, be rude to people, break the law, right? Um, If there's injustice in America, doesn't give you the right to steal, kill, destroy. It's not a right that that you have. Government should be protecting uh, our country. Um, I don't want to get ahead. We the people is coming in two weeks. I cannot wait to talk about that series, by the way. Um, we got two more weeks, so I'll, 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 I'll slow down. Um, you got to do the right thing, the right way. And for many of us, sometimes we just do what we want to do at the, at the expense of hurting other people around us. And so the timing has to be right. The, the place has to be right. You've got to be prepared and trained up, read up, studied up, get yourself prepared. And, and here's where Boaz is at. In verse 9, he gives clarity right, which is another great business principle, folks. He asked all the elders and the people uh, to, to listen to him. They're sitting down and he's saying, just to be clear here, I am buying everything that belonged to Elimelech and his two sons and I'm marrying Ruth. Is everybody clear on that? Like, we are clear, we are witnesses, right? 
How often have you been unclear? You didn't put it on paper. And so now there are assumptions that are made. And then you hurt your friends because they thought you were going to do this and you thought you were going to do this. Put it on paper. Do it the right way, the right way. If you're a business leader, be clear. What are you asking your employee to do? Don't just get mad when they don't do something. Have you been clear with them on what you want them to do and why you're asking them to do it? Well, they should just do it because I'm the boss. If that's your attitude, can I just tell you, nobody likes you. (laughs) Why do they need to do it? What do they need to do? Encourage them along the way. This is what I, I see Boaz giving clarity, even in the detail of everybody being there and following the process that he follows here. So here's the question. The question is this, are you doing the right thing the right way? Are you doing the right thing the right way. So critical for us to ask ourselves these questions. What if today you actually decided to take action? What if you were willing, like Boaz, to step up and take action to help, to serve, to bless? What if you decided that you were gonna, you, you were gonna start preparing well? You were gonna start a new habit, give up a bad habit. You decided to do the little things no one sees to experience the big things everyone wants. What if you decided to do the right thing the right way? You weren't just gonna do what you wanna do. You were gonna go about it the right way, thoughtfully, wisely, at the right time, in the right place, in the right way. If you were going to take action today, if you were gonna do one thing, what would it be? What's the one thing you know you need to start doing? There are a million things that you need to do. I get it, I get it. Let's just get down to one. It's okay if it's even like not a big thing. I'm not gonna eat X anymore. I'm just gonna cut one thing out, whatever it is. I'm gonna read my Bible. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna attend. I'm gonna fulfill a commitment, whatever it is. What is that one thing that you've known you're supposed to do? You've been procrastinating but today you'll let Boaz encourage you. You let the entire story bless you. You know, when we started this story, it starts with famine and death, bitterness in Naomi, a lot of questions, a lot of pain. Imagine losing your husband and your two sons and starting all over again, be very devastating. But the story ends with the restoration of life. The story ends with Ruth being restored. The story uh, ends with Ruth having a, a, a husband and not only a husband, but a son. And so she gets a son and Naomi gets a grandson. And so when we read scripture like Romans 8, 28, that says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Things like this begin to make sense. You and I are gonna go through challenges and we're gonna go through devastation and we're gonna go through things that we never were, we we didn't think we were prepared to go through. But if you are a man of action, a woman of action, if you're willing to do the right thing the right way, if if you're willing to prepare yourself, then God's faithfulness will bless you. And it's not sexy and it's not like fancy and it's not gonna get on the evening news, but it's life. 
It's the grind sometimes. And we've got to begin to enjoy that process of living faithfully day in and day out. Because of their faithfulness, this son wasn't just any son. It ended up being the father of Jesse, which ended up being the father of King David, which if you keep tracing the lineage, goes all the way to Jesus Christ. So this little tiny story, four short chapters in the grand narrative of the Bible shows us a small window of a, of a family in desperation who lost everything. But because of God's love, because of his hesed, he transforms their life and uses them to be in the line of the Messiah. You see, Jesus is born and Jesus is greater than Boaz because he's willing to redeem you of your sin. He's willing, he was a willing savior. God didn't force him to die on the cross. He willingly gave his life for you. Jesus says in John 10, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Jesus is the greater Boaz because he had all the resources necessary. He was fully equipped, fully prepared to step in that moment and, and, and save you from your sin. He has all authority, he has all power. Jesus is greater than Boaz because he fulfilled all the legal requirements of the law. He did the right thing the right way. He was sinless and spotless. And as a result, he's qualified to be your redeemer and savior. And for every single one of us, the final decision, the first decision we need to make is have you given your life to Jesus? Have you allowed this redeemer to save you? He's willing today. He wants to today. Whether you're in the room or at home or listening to a podcast on the road, somewhere down the line, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has a hope for you. What you're going through may not make sense, but in the sovereignty and providence of God, He is working behind the scenes for your good, for your good and for His glory. We're gonna to close today with a song that Collective wrote that talks about praising God and thanking God ahead of time. I love this song because it teaches us to sing something that sometimes it's hard for us to put words to. So this gives us a prayer today that, that, that I'm going through this, it's, it's difficult, but I'm gonna thank God for answering my prayer, for loving me, saving me, for doing all things in my life for my good ahead of when he's gonna actually answer. I'm gonna thank you ahead of time during seasons of death and COVID and emptiness and struggle and pain because I know there will be redemption. I know there will be rescue. And so today I want us to close with that in mind. And if you need to make a decision to follow Christ, if you're here today, before you leave, stop by the care and prayer room. Our people wanna pray with you, encourage you. If you're at home, you wanna give your life to Jesus, just simply text the number that's coming up on the screen. Someone will reach out to you. We'll help you make that decision. Whatever it is, let's leave today. What if every single one of us, all over the room, everyone at home, it's the one thing you need to walk out of here and do today. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you, loving you, seeing the story of Ruth and Boaz and it being encouraging and challenging, 
knowing that there are things in our life that need to change, knowing there are things in our life that we need to do. We've, we've procrastinated, we've put it off, we've, we've tried to neglect it, we've gotten lazy. But Lord, we're just praying for the willingness like Boaz to take action. Help us to be willing like you, Lord Jesus. You were willing to live in this world with your sinful creation, your sinful people. You were willing to go to the cross for our sins. Help us, Lord, to model that willingness, model that action. And we'll give you the praise and the, and, and, and the thanksgiving ahead of any blessing, any answered prayer that might be coming our way. We'll be faithful to thank you in advance. We'll be thankful to praise you in advance because you are good, you are right, and you are always on time. 